Lord, we pray for these requests that have gone out, dear Heavenly Father. And God, we're glad that we can't overwhelm you, Lord, with needs in our life. But God, we know that you can take each one of them, God, and you hear each one. And you answer each one. We appreciate that, Lord. We pray, dear Heavenly Father, that you just help us throughout the remainder of this service, God. Lead, guide, and direct. Help those, Lord, that lead the singing, those platform instruments, God, those who pray and testify, Lord, those that might seem special. God, we pray for our Sunday school superintendent, Lord, be with Brother Roger, Lord, and we pray that you just be with Brother Michael, Lord, our Sunday school teacher, Lord, and all the teachers, dear Heavenly Father, we pray. Thank you for all you've given and done, for it's in our most precious name. Amen. 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 You can be seated. You know, we need to we're lifting up those prayers. Uh, you know, we need to trust in God. That he's going to answer those prayers. And he will answer those prayers. Look to page 581. It's so sweet to trust in Jesus. You know, it's got some scripture right there above that song right there. John 14, 1 says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me.
good to be here this morning. Amen. It's certainly good to see our ministers that have come and just yeah. ask that you join right in with us today. Um, uh, we're just here to serve. <coughs> Praise Him this morning and sing and, and learn all we can about Him. Amen. Uh, devotion today is a interesting to me. Um, I, I've always been one that wants to know the why and the how of something. You, you know, if you tell me to do something at work and I don't know why I'm doing it, it's kind of hard for me to do that. But if I know what I'm supposed to do and why I'm doing it, then it makes more sense to me and, and I can proceed a whole lot better. And uh, with that being said, um, sometimes I guess we all feel inadequate about doing just about anything. Uh, I know I do. I, I don't... Uh, I don't feel um, that I'm very good at a lot of things, and, uh, but you know, I, I can't let that hold me down. I, I got to do what uh, what I can do while I can do it. And this story I'm going to relate to you uh, is about a song that we all know. And uh, Elaine read something to me this week that she was reading, and, and it just stuck in my mind. I got uh, thinking about it last night. Um, Got up this morning, did some more research on it, and uh, it, it seems this young lady over in England named Charlotte Elliott uh, was in a family that, from what I can understand, um, was, they were they were pretty big in the church. They they were very active in the church, and uh, she was just a normal person until she reached about the age of thirty, and her health started to fail. And it deteriorated very rapidly. And she got, I guess like anybody would, uh, she got kind of down and out and kind of depressed. She couldn't do things that she wanted to do. And she'd see the busy stuff going on about the church work and she didn't feel like doing it. And uh, I think it was a, a visitor uh, came by their house. Y'all just bear with me. I'm trying to put this together as I go. Um, A preacher, Dr. Dr. Milan, came to their house and visited, and uh, said um, he uh, he asked her, had she ever accepted Christ as her personal savior? And it upset her. And she changed the subject and went to something else. Says, you know, I guess we were if everybody was like me and ran from that. Um, that conviction all those years that I did, I would kind of relate to that, that not wanting to talk about it. It bothered me when people talked about it. But um, later on, she went back to me and she said, you talked about accepting Jesus as my personal Savior. And she said, how can I do that? I'm not able to walk. I'm not, I'm not good enough to present myself to Him. And he told her, says, come just as you are. Amen. And that's the basis of this song that, that I guess has been sung more at invitations than any song I've ever heard, just as I am. He told her to come just as you are. And he can accept you and fix whatever uh, problem you have with yourself. You know, he may not heal us all. 
we may we may endure those things that um, that are that are on us physically. But he can make you accept that as he accepts you. And so she wrote that song and and related it to uh, uh, related to someone else uh, a little bit later. She wrote it in a room and uh, and she told somebody else about it. And her brother, from what I understand, was trying to build a school for pastors' children to go to where they could get educated uh, with, a, with a good education that was not real expensive. And they were trying to raise money for that. Long story short, her song became popular and generated quite a bit of money in sales from songbooks and things like that. And she was able to help build that school for pastor's children. So, you know, as you hear that song uh, from here on out, now you know just a little bit more about it. Uh, I, I love to look up songs and, and their, their history and their background. How did that song come about? And you can't help that, you know, as we sing them and we read the words to them, we can't help but know that a lot of them were spiritually inspired. Sure. They couldn't just write something like that right off the cuff. You know, it's not like a country song in Nashville. You know, we got hundreds of writers up there writing songs every day. Uh, some of these enduring songs, you know, this, this song, and How Great Thou Art, and Amazing Grace, and, and these kinds of songs, Silent Night, they all have a backstory. And, it, and it's all related to a relationship with God. Amen. And uh, as, as we go through life, uh, Let's don't ever sell ourselves short, no matter what condition we're in. Um, we may not feel like doing a whole lot, but He don't require a whole lot if you don't feel like it. Just, just what He, just what He asks us to do, and uh, and and He asks us to come just as we are, and He'll accept us, and and He will clean up those things that we feel like aren't worthy to be presented to Him. Uh, it's already paid for. It's already paid for. And, uh, you know, as a as a, a man, I don't like to ask for help to do anything. The lady will tell you, you know, you're out there struggling doing that by yourself. You can get some help, and so I don't want to bother anybody. I don't want to bother anybody. But I was like that with my salvation too. I could have gotten help when I was about. Uh, <coughs> seven, eight, nine years old. But, but I, I did I did I kept putting it out, putting it out. And I struggled through those years of hearing these songs just tearing my heart out every time I heard one. Um, until I finally, I finally gave in. I was 17 years old. And, uh, and, and I guess I was under conviction when I was about the age of Kelton or a little bit older maybe. Uh, I know I was not 10 years old. I was younger than 10. And uh, so, you know, uh, the, the meaning of these songs and, and the, uh, the, the way they were written, uh, they're not the gospel. These kids right here preach the gospel to us. But I surely believe that the songs that we sing can water those seeds and they can, uh, they can help that thing to sprout and to grow and, and to become something that we can't deny any longer. And it's, it's real and it's in us and uh, we'll accept it. So that's my devotion this morning, y'all. It's just, just about a song.
but uh, that's okay too. Amen. That's okay. Anybody got anything you'd like to say before we take the classes? <laughs> if not, we will uh, we'll go ahead and take our classes at this time. <laughs> Good morning to everyone. Um, good morning to our visitors, and good morning to our home folks. Nikki, you're not a visitor. <laughs> he shouldn't be contagious anymore, should he? Uh, 
just a part of our family that's here. And I just want y'all to know them and know how special they are to us, Brother Harold and Karen Rhodes. Anyone else this morning? <laughs> well, before we get started this morning, well, I'll go ahead. We're in the 20th chapter of the book of Genesis. Uh, everybody that's sitting from about Brother Roger back and from about Sister Pam back, I want to hear some more out of you guys. I know there's a lot of knowledge back there. So you guys need to speak up some more in Sunday school with your ideas and thoughts. And uh, we need you guys' input, okay? <laughs> oh, I know you and Pam will say something. I ain't going to worry about that. Yeah. I just know there's a lot of knowledge back there being real quiet on us. I am too. That's all right. I am too. Well, I'll, yeah, you can ask me anything you want. Bobby will answer it. So I, I don't have to pick on my pastor anymore, do I? That's right. Yeah. All right. Okay. But I'll ask the first question this morning. Uh, why study the Old Testament? I mean, it's 4,000 years ago. Uh, why take the time to, to do any studying way back to things that happened 4,000 years ago? Very good. See, you didn't ask a question. You told me. This is the foundation for the New Testament. That's exactly right. Yeah, it's. I think the phrase that's commonly used it's types and shadows of things in the New Testament, and it's the foundation that things are built upon in the New Testament. Uh, and the study of the Old Testament proves one thing to us: that people ain't never changed. Yeah, that's true too. The way they yeah. were in the garden is the way they are now. Amen. Yeah, there's life's lessons, but yeah, the Old Testament sets the stage I'll use that term for the New Testament uh, without some knowledge of the you know uh, for instance if, if in Matthew Christ referred to the law and we didn't know anything about the law in the Old Testament we would miss the whole point of what he said yeah now I like the New Testament way better than the Old Testament way I'll tell you that right now I'll take grace over the law any day yeah any day there was no forgiveness under the law. There's forgiveness under grace, yeah. But yeah, it, it helps us to understand and, and some real insignificant things become real significant uh, later on. So we're in the 20th chapter of Genesis and in this uh, passage, and I'll make this comment, I don't think anything is written down just to fill the book. It's all there for a reason. Whether you and I understand it and figure it out, that's up to us. But it's there for a reason. And in this, we have this story of uh, Abraham and Sarah going into the land of the Philistines. And uh, they go back to the, what are we going to say, half-truth? 
that uh, their brother and sister uh, to the king, thank you, yeah, him. And uh, he takes Sarah into his house and uh, things all of a sudden don't go very well in his kingdom at all. And I guess like us, sits down, figures out what's happened and the only thing he can come up with is Abraham and Sarah. So he's, they, he's now addressed this with Abraham. Uh, you know, what have you done? Why didn't you tell me she was your wife? And as we get down to verse 14, uh, Abimelech is, I hate to use the word restitution, he, but he's, uh, he's making up for what he did because he don't want any more trouble. And, and I used this phrase a minute ago, in, in our, or last Sunday, uh, be careful how you treat God's people. Yeah. Unwittingly, he treated God's people wrongly. And he was suffering the consequences. Not just him. He was In his dream, he was told he would die. But also it affected everyone in his, we'll say, his kingdom, his family. So it says in verse 14, And Abimelech took sheep and oxen and men servants and women servants and gave them unto Abraham and restored him Sarah his wife. Looks to me like he was pretty serious about this. He could have just given him Sarah back. But uh, I think he wanted to make sure he made this right. Made it double right. Yeah. <coughs> and Abimelech said, Behold, my land is before thee. Dwell where it pleaseth thee. So he's making triple sure. Everything's right between him and Abraham. And unto Sarah he said, and he's personally now addressing Sarah, which I think is kind of unique back in the Old Testament. Uh, as we know, women were pretty disregarded in the, in the old times. But here he's addressing Sarah. And unto Sarah he said, Behold, I have given thy brother... He didn't say, I have given thy wife. Just a thought. I have given thy brother. Maybe a little dig there. I don't know. <laughs> I have given thy brother a thousand pieces of silver. Behold, he is to thee a covering of the eyes unto all that are with thee. And with all other, thus she was reproved or she was made right or recompense. He's telling her, I've given this much to your brother or your husband. So for, you forgive me. Okay, I want everything to be square. <coughs> and it's interesting here that God would not hear Abimelech's prayer. He said, Abraham will pray for you. And I went, I went straight to Job. You know, when Job went through all he went through, he had three uh, best friends, I guess you'd say, with terrible advice. And God said Job would have to pray for them. He wouldn't hear their prayer, but he would hear Job's prayer for them. Yeah. And here, Abraham, you think about it, and I guess Abimelech realized it by this point, he was in Abraham's hands. He was helpless against Abraham, against God's people. 
He was at the, his. He was at Abraham's mercy. That's the best way to put it. Yeah. Abraham could have said, "I don't think so. I don't think so. You mistreated us." But it said, and Abraham prayed unto God, and listen to this, and God healed Abimelech and his wife and his maidservants, and they bear children. It had affected everyone in his house. Whatever it was, I have no idea. I, I, if you do, please tell me. But I have no idea what exactly, uh, for lack of a better word, the plague was on Abimelech's house. Could the, and, and I, I don't have any clue either, but, but what, what would be significant about his wife and his maidservants and they bear child for children? If that was not the plague, that that, that everybody in, under his rule became barren. I, I mean, I don't. Yeah, but it said God healed the Blumelech. Well, so I, I see your point. You, yeah, you know, the women. But, yeah. Well, but, well, the judge biology teaches us. Yeah. Because it does say in the 18th verse, For the Lord had fast closed up all the wombs of the house of Abimelech, Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. Yeah. You know, it's kind of, uh, it's not funny, but it's kind of strange that um, the way Abimelech reacted when he found out that that was Abraham's wife and uh, unlike you he was doing everything in his power to make that thing right but now people can have an adulterous relationship and don't even blink an eye at it you know it's 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 something that's uh, that's just almost almost uh, goes on a lot and, and, and a lot of folks don't even see the wrong but Abimelech did yeah. Hey, I, one thing that struck me there, brother, saying that he had every reason to be angry. Mm -hmm. He was lied to. Sure. He, he was he was really the victim and mm -hmm. because of Abraham's deceiving him, but he didn't lash back out. Or he just wanted to get it straightened out. Didn't he? Make it right. Yeah. But that was. <clears throat> okay, guys, back there, your turn. Uh, <laughs> Just swallow your tongue. Go ahead, Bobby. <laughs> well, how many of us want what we can get out of any situation or any group? How many of us want the blessings of God? Uh, we want what we can get from God's people. There's a lot of folks uh, that will, will heavily lean on in times of need the compassion and the, um, the caring and the giving of the church. You'd say the benevolence of the church. And yet, when it comes down to a responsibility or a true believing in the heart, they just rather live the way they live and go their own way. They'd rather call themselves their own God than the answer to a God. And uh, Abimelech um, thought he would, I believe he thought, well, here's another chance, a beautiful woman I can take unto me, my wife. Uh, this this maiden Sarah from Abraham and 
and uh, that will not only uh, maybe keep my house from being barren, uh, maybe she's fruitful in that way, but then again, maybe she, uh, maybe that'll get me in good with Abraham, and we'll have a relationship, and there won't be fire and brimstone raining down on my city and on my kingdom like they were uh, some time ago over there, those that fell under God's judgment. But then when he found himself under God's judgment, he changed his tune. Sure. And, and so all these types and shadows are there of how we live today. The difference between the law that we could not keep or would not keep and the grace that keeps us. And uh, to me, I, I, I can't hold no grudge against the Bimelech because I've been where he's at. All I do is just feel sorry for him and pray for myself. Brother Mike. Yeah, uh, I, I agree 100% with Brother Bobby. It, it, and I was just thinking, you know, when I was younger, <coughs> a teenager, or, or younger, or, or even a, a little bit older than that, even people that were not Christians had a reverence for the church or, or the church, at least the church building. Um, if you know, which, you know, I, I've been in this church my whole life, but, you know, I, I wouldn't have, when I was out there running around and, and fast cars and stuff like that, doing things that I really shouldn't have been doing, uh, I wouldn't have turned the tailspin in a churchyard because it might have knocked, it might have picked up a gravel and knocked the window out and, and you know, I didn't, wouldn't have feared even what my dad would have done to me, but, you know, I, I feared a holy, uh, a holy God that had providence over my life and uh, could have made my life like a Benelux. And, you know, now there's such a high percentage of our population, even here in the South, in the buckle of the Bible Belt, that just doesn't believe there's a God. They're, they're their own God, whatever they... And I, I heard... They have their own truth. Now, it has nothing to do with truth. It's just they're thinking it, so it's their truth. And that, you know, there's no God and there's no consequences for sin. That's not, that, that's the short side. Yeah. Anyone else? Well, lastly, I'll say this. this. This story, you know, Abimelech was, I guess, minding his own business, and God's people passed by, passed through. And how he reacted to that had consequences and affected his life. You know, through every person on this earth, the church will pass through their life sometime, somewhere. And how they react to it, what they do with it, has consequences. Yeah. I, I, I'll come back to what we talked about last Sunday. Y yes, you're right. God's people pass through Elimelech's uh, regions and his kingdom. And, and he was told really the truth, but, but not the whole truth. But I still wonder why did he feel like he had a right to part of the women out of this party? And Sarah was really the, the most beautiful one of them, so he picked her. So 
the the thought that he had a right to to abandon people's uh, goods just because they were coming through his, through his town. I don't understand that, but I realized that was the custom at that time. Now you might ask, how does the church pass through everyone's life? How? It's through the gospel. Through the gospel. Without the church, there is no gospel. There's not. Um, there can be no preached word without the church. Uh, I've said this before. If there's a fellow on the street supposedly doing God's work and he's not affiliated with the church, I'm keeping my hands off of him. The ultimate authority is the church. It has the authority to, to send out the gospel, to send men with the gospel, or any kind of outreach. That authority belongs to the church. And the church is right under people's noses and ha they have no concept of what, what, what passed through their life. Yeah, just like here, Abimelech. Took him a while to really recognize that this was a, this fellow, there was some, he had a God that had some power. Yeah. And the, the church is right in front of the world's eyes, and, and uh, they, they miss it. They miss it of what they really have. There is no greater organization on the earth, ever has been, ever will be, than the church, because it was entrusted with the gospel of Christ. Amen. That's why. Yeah. And it has the power to bind on earth and to loose on earth. Yeah. Okay. We could say it's the most powerful thing on this earth. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yes, ma'am. I was going to say, you know, we see so much chaos and stuff going on right now, but can you imagine the rapture? What it's going to be? And I, I guess, you know, the Left Behind movie, I think we've all kind of read that, and I just got thinking about that the other day because every time you turn on the news, the spirit of violence has so escalated. Uh, you know, people going to McDonald's and beating each other. You know, I mean, it's just gotten crazy. But I thought, you know, well, what is it going to be like when the rapture? We're the salt and light right now. And when we're taken out, can you imagine what it's going to be like? The chaos and the escalation of violence. And I got back into reading that revelation about, you know, how hard it's going to be for people that did not receive the Lord now to receive Him. I mean, when you're right now, it's, it's, it's not hard to get saved. I mean, you know, you trust the Lord with your heart and you turn away from sin and you give your heart to Jesus and you walk that walk that He wants you to walk. But after that, you know, they're going to see so much worse than what we have now. Um, and, of course, then you have that Christ rise up and... Um, Christians will be hunted down if you give your heart to the Lord and you'll be hunted down. Well, found out, so it's... we take that even a step further. When the church leaves, when the Spirit leaves, there's no gospel, there's no opportunity. Yeah. yeah. It's like when, uh, like at the time of Noah, when, that door, when God shut the door, uh, there was nobody got else. Nobody else got on the boat. And even Christ himself said that was the case. He said, so the end of time was such as it was in the day of Noah. So when that door is closed, when the church is raptured, uh, I don't know if the span of time, that's all in God's hand. I don't know what that span of time 
will be. It might be seven seconds. It may be seven million years. That's God's business, but there won't nobody be saved. But to your point, I'm not going to be here. Yeah. Yeah, so it, he can shake out however God plans for it to shake out. I'm not going to be here. I don't want to be here. God. Yeah. God. But yeah, when the church is gone, when the Spirit's gone, do you not think the Spirit of God in the church is a restraint on evil today? Has to be. Yeah. Has to be. I do. Yeah. 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 There are things we read about in the Bible that uh, we think, wow, uh, that we don't see today. And I think that's why. Because of the Spirit of God upon this earth in the church. God's protection. But uh, when the church and the Spirit leaves, I don't want to be here. Don't want to be here. For however it goes from there, for, for, the, for the doomed, I'll leave it like that. Anyone else? The church is like a spare tire to a lot of folks. Yeah. Um, and I remember 9-11, and I'm sure the ones that can remember the bombing of Pearl Harbor, it was probably the same thing. But um, there, was a, there was a great turning to the Lord after that, even, even in places that it was not politically correct. Uh, Washington, D.C., and uh, there was more prayer said publicly in public places than you had ever heard. Now, that didn't last very long. When things, no. Once they got the buildings cleaned up and everything, it, it, a lot of people just went back to their ways. But, but that's the power that the church has, that when times get tough, uh, we, as the, as the church, We've been leaning on this all the time, through the good times and, and, and through the bad. The world is looking for something in the bad times to grab hold of. Yeah. All right. We've been waiting 25 years. Let's knock out these first few verses in the second chapter, okay? And it had been 25 years since God first told Abraham he'd have a son. A promised seed, a pr the, the child of promise. It said in verse 1, And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham of son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken to him. So, 25 years Abraham was given this promise and then when the three came through and spoke to Abraham as they were on their the two were on their way to Sodom the Lord said this time next year did he not put an exact time on it the child of promise would be born yeah a child born uh, in a way that can't happen Abraham's a hundred Sarah's 90 that cannot happen. That is impossible. But it was possible. It's yeah. supposedly impossible for there to be a virgin birth as well. Right. Yeah. Well, don't you know, was there ever any doubt in Abraham? Because he had saw what God could do. God did it to Abimelech. His whole household was there. Of course, it was by God's hand. Abraham, I, I believe that... <coughs> Even though he uh, didn't always exhibit it, I believe there was always enough faith in Abraham's life. 
I believe you're always really down deep trusting God in everything. So why is it, why why significant? This story about Sarah having a child so late in life? As Pat just said, I'll read out of Isaiah. Therefore the Lord himself therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Yeah. A child of promise. Yeah. That we will celebrate the birthday in about two months. Yeah. You just can't make this stuff up, can you? No. <laughs> I mean, this is Genesis. This is the first book. I mean, God... God gives us the whole plan in the first book. Yes, He does. Yes. Yeah. This is a type and shadow. Isaac is a type and shadow of the New Testament Christ. Yeah. The child of promise. Yeah. And I don't know how far back this was written at Abraham, but several hundred, several thousand years later, God meant what He said, didn't He? Yeah. Yeah. And Abraham called the name of the son that was born unto him, whom Sarah bare to him, Isaac. Now to pop test, what does Isaac mean? Laughter. 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 I don't think laughter of funny. I think laughter of joy. Yeah, laughter of joy. A little bit of irony in that, too. Yeah. When Sarah was listening in, yeah. she laughed <laughs> when she heard that. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac being eight days old as God had commanded him. And Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born unto him. You just got to think Abraham was bubbling with faith by now, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing to me that you're talking about that it's so amazing that Abraham had a son. Well, Sarah was there too. And can you imagine? Yeah, you know, she but their son at nine years old. And it was the whole thing was miracle, had miracle mm -hmm. written all over it. Sure. Can tell you at nine years old, if I was a woman and somebody told me that I was going to have a baby in a year, uh, I, I'd laugh. <laughs> I think I'd be more concerned at 92 when they were a toddler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had plenty of servants. Yeah, oh yeah. You say that with such confidence, like you know. <laughs> yeah. But here again, 2,000 years before Christ is born, roughly, we'll go with that figure, there's a miracle birth happen with Isaac. Yeah. And as I'll say is again, uh, uh, Isaac only had one wife in his life, and that was Rebecca. Yeah. And this seed born... To a virgin has one bride, the church. Yeah. 
Anyone else? That's a good place to wrap it up this morning. Cut Marilyn and Linda some slack. <laughs> Anyone else? Well, I appreciate your help this morning, and we'll pick back up. Oh, excuse me, and he doesn't know it. Brother Chris will pick back up next Sunday. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> appreciate you guys' help.